Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. We are so glad you joined us today. This podcast features messages, interviews, and discussions from Radiant Church located in Seneca, South Carolina. For more information about Radiant, visit RadiantChurchSC.com. Here's today's episode. Welcome to Radiant Church. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. We're so glad you could join us today from wherever you're watching or listening from. If this is your first time joining us, hey, go to RadiantChurchSC.com and click I'm new. If you fill out that short form online for us as a way of saying thanks, we're going to donate $5 to one of the nonprofits that's listed. Well, we're coming to the end of summer, and I know that's like crazy hard to believe, right? Like my son, he meets his kindergarten teacher in two weeks. So it's just like, you know, the year feels like it's just been flying by, right? Now, one of the things we do at Radiant every August is we engage in 21 days of prayer. We encourage everyone to pray for 21 days before the start of the fall season. And we do this as a way to almost kind of recalibrate our spiritual lives a little bit. So when summer hits, you know, we travel and we take it easy and we kind of get out of routine a little bit, right? And so what happens when September rolls around? Well, we sort of get back to work and we go back to school and what might, you know, be our normal routine sort of begins to take front and center in our lives, right? So sometimes we have to get that spiritual recalibration back to sort of get back on track and keep our focus really where it should be. So we engage in 21 days of prayer because we want to pray for God's favor and blessing in the upcoming season. We got a great fall season that we're going to be coming into as a church. We're going to celebrate our first birthday, man. How about that? Uh, That's going to happen in September. We got a whole host of other special things happening. We want to pray that God will change hearts and lives Uh, of numerous people in this upcoming season as well. Now, prayer isn't always the most exciting thing to do. I don't know how many folks get jazzed up to pray, okay? But it's vitally important that we have an active prayer life. You know, as Christians, this is really, really true, right? So even if you're not a Christian, you know, maybe you're listening or watching and you're kind of like, ah, I'm not so sure. You at least assume it's important, right? Like you assume prayer is pretty important. And and prayer is, and it's really just talking to God. It's nothing more or less. It's, It's something that's supposed to be complicated. No, not really. Or formulaic. It's just talking with the Lord. That's it. But how often do we pray? And do we really pray with the right heart and motives? So one of the things we've tried to do, you know, as a parent is, is just to teach our kids as early as possible how to pray. When we start to pray, my youngest, you know, he'll fold his hands for about 30 seconds and then he's kind of done. But that's just step one, right? So he at least recognizes when we pray that, that something's happening. And, and that's true. Like when we pray, something does happen. I don't want my kids to pray only when things go wrong. I, I don't want them to pray only for things really too, right? Right? Like, I, I don't want them to treat like God as if he's Santa Claus. I want them to pray knowing God hears, knowing God cares, that God can act. And I want them to pray as if they know God as intimately as they know us. I want them to pray big, impossible, dangerous prayers that only God can make happen. Now, isn't that something you want for your life? Now, if I asked you, I said, hey, man, how's your prayer life going? What would you say? Would you be able to say that you've prayed some, you know, dangerous prayers, you might say, lately. We all want our prayers to be powerful and effective, and yet most of us rarely pray for big things. I mean like the really big things, the impossible things. Why is that? I think it's because we lack the belief you know, the faith that those prayers might actually get answered. They're too big. They're too impossible. There's just no way. So what we do 
is we pray confidently for the things we deem most likely to happen, the things that wouldn't shock or surprise us to see God do, the things that honestly may not even make God, like, may not have to act. Like, we could kind of solve this on our own, right? Because there's no letdown if those prayers don't get answered. They feel safe. They seem kind of like the prayers that we can handle. And we pray half-heartedly for the things which are bigger, which seem impossible. The kind of prayers that we know only God can answer, like the kind of prayers that will take a supernatural work, the kind that you know we could get our hopes up and, and then kind of dash them to the ground to pieces if they don't happen the way we would want them to, right? The kind of prayers that, that people will look at you as if you've kind of lost your mind. You're praying for what? You know, like we leave the dangerous prayers alone, but the dangerous prayers are exactly the kind of prayers we ought to be praying. See, dangerous prayers, they, they stretch our faith. They're dangerous because they believe God for the impossible. Because it requires us to step into our faith when everyone around us is saying, hey, slow it down, hang back, why? You know, dangerous prayers are the hallmarks of people whose lives are marked by living in the power of God's Spirit. So if you want to be a light in your community, if you want to have lasting impact for God's kingdom in your community, you've got to experience a transformation in your prayer life. You got to start praying for the impossible, to start praying the dangerous prayers that nobody wants to pray, right? These are the prayers that you ought to be praying. So what makes up a dangerous prayer? How do you go about praying like this? Well, the, the components to a dangerous prayer could actually be seen in a story in the Gospel of Mark. So Jesus and a few of his followers, you know, they, they, they've been gone um, for the rest of his group for quite a while, and he's actually just experienced what we would call the transfiguration. So he took on his heavenly form in the presence of Old Testament giants like Moses and Elijah for a short time, and now he's coming back down with Peter, James, and John, and they stumble upon this scene in Mark chapter 9. So Mark 9, verse number 14 uh, says this. So when they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them, and some teachers of religious law were arguing with them, and when the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe, and they ran to greet him. What is all this arguing about? Jesus asked. Mark 9, verse 17. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so you can heal him. He's possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. And he foams at the mouth, and he grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit. But they couldn't do it. Now look at what happens in verse 19. Jesus said to them, You faithless people! How would you like Christ to say, You're full of nothing? Like, you're faithless, right? How long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the kid. And when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion. He fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. And he replied, well, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him down into the fire, into the water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. Oh, like famous last words, right? What do you mean, if I can, Jesus asked. Like, if anything is possible, if a person believes. So the father cries out, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. 
Verse 25, When Jesus saw the crowd of onlookers growing, he rebuked the evil spirit and said, Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak, he said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. And the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion, and it left him. And the boy appeared to be dead, and a murmur ran through the crowd as people said, He's dead! But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him up to his feet, and he stood up. Now look at verse 28 and how this kind of wraps up. Afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, Why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? And so Jesus replied, This kind can only be cast out by prayer. All right, there's a whole lot to unpack here, okay? The same story, it's told in Matthew chapter 17, Luke chapter 9, but Mark includes the most detail. Now, I, I used to think, look at the dad in the story, and I used to think, well, like, wow, this guy, he had such little faith that Jesus calls him out in front of everybody. <laughs> like, how would you like to be him? But over time, as I read it and studied more, I realized this is, this is not the case at all, actually. In fact, I see a lot of me in this dad, and I bet here in a moment, you'll see a lot of you, too. And that's because he's very much a representation of, of all of us who want to see the power of God move in our families, in our lives, and in our communities. His son's been suffering from what really sounds like epilepsy, right, his entire life. Now, just because somebody suffers from a disease doesn't mean they're demonically possessed, okay? But this story shows it's possible for the enemy to be behind our sickness and, and, and diseases too, okay? So this dad is been praying many prayers, I'm sure, for years that God would touch his son all to what seems like no avail, right? And I'm sure there were times where he wondered, is God really listening? Like some of you, you've, you've been praying for people you love, maybe for years, and nothing's happened. And you find yourself in the same position. You're like, hey God, are you actually, are you paying attention? Are you listening to, to what I'm saying? I just want you to know he is listening. And I also want you to know that his timing is perfect. And for reasons unknown to, to us, he may not answer your prayer because it just isn't the right time yet. So this dad decides his son is sick and he's tired of seeing him suffer and so he's got to do something. So he probably tried everything, right? But then he hears about Jesus being in the area and he obviously believes that Christ can do something. Otherwise, he would never have gotten off the couch and out the door. That makes sense, doesn't it? So let's not overcomplicate things here, right? Let's just start here with this. Dangerous prayers require faith. That's the very first step to praying in dangerous prayer. It requires faith. It's the first step to doing anything great for God. It's the first step you take in making you know, prayers for the impossible. So what faith is, is trust. Trust that God will do what he says he'll do, that God has the power to do the impossible. And this dad, he actually does have faith that Christ can heal his boy. And we know that. Otherwise, he would have taken his son to see him in the first place. So the problem is that when he shows up looking for Jesus, Jesus isn't there, right? His, his followers are there, but he's not there. And so maybe he felt like, oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm desperate. They're not Jesus, but they follow him. Maybe they can handle this. And of course... They can't handle it. They can't do the impossible. Their prayers don't result in healing for this guy's son. And I'm sure this dad at this point is thinking, okay, I don't think they can do it. And if they can't do it, I mean, can Jesus really do it? Right? Like these guys are his followers. They're learning from him. They travel together. They do life together. If they can't heal him, like, I, I, I don't know. And all of a sudden, doubt begins to overtake some things. 
You know, when we first start believing in faith for God to do the impossible, it excites us for a moment. And we get passionate, get a little revved up. We pray, we pray some more. And then sometimes, you know, when nothing happens, we begin to doubt. Doubt who we are, doubt our prayers, our faith, even at times God himself. And when nothing happens, all of the whatabouts begin to sort of show up. Like, what about the sleepless nights? What about the time my son tried to burn himself? What about the time he tried to drown himself? What about, what about, what about, you know? The whatabouts are working against this dad's faith. And they work against ours too. Like, that's how doubt attacks. It, 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 it works against your faith. So doubt shows up when you begin to ask for the impossible. Doubt tries to decrease, even steal our faith so that we'll just throw in the towel. But if you're going to pray a dangerous prayer, you, you can't quit. To pray a dangerous prayer, you got to keep going because dangerous prayers are persistent. Dangerous prayers are persistent. So instead of taking his son away, this father is persistent. He's like, okay, well, maybe the next disciple could help. Hey, Simon, come here, right? Like, he just keeps at it from one disciple to the next until all of them have had a crack at praying for this boy. No one can seem to heal him. Like, doubt's having a field day. You know, it's, it, it looks hopeless. And then he sees Jesus. And the persistence pays off. Got to say, man, don't quit when God hasn't answered that impossible prayer. Be persistent. Keep at it, man. Because at just the right time, Jesus shows up on the scene. How many prayers have you prayed that went unanswered, not because God said no, but because we said, I give up, I'm done. I, I think we shortchange ourselves way more than we realize. Never give up. Be persistent. Now, I don't know what this dad was expecting Jesus to say when he arrived. I'm sure it wasn't how long has he been like this? <laughs> you, know, you know, doubt was already, you know, invading this dad, and that question did not help matters, I'm sure. You know, you, you guys who see the world kind of through, like, the glass has happened to you sort of, sort of perspective, you're thinking, like, wait a minute, like, why, why did he ask that? Is there, like, a statute limitations on, on miracles? Like, can he do this? And then comes a response that makes this dad, like, infamous. He says, help us if you can. Now, listen to me for a moment, because this dad gets a bad rap because he asked this question, and we incorrectly think that he didn't have any faith or not enough faith or blah, 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 blah. Listen, he had a little faith, right? Enough to get him to, he, he thought, if I get my son to Jesus, he might be healed. That, that, that got him to his if, and his if got him to Jesus. And in getting him to Jesus, he got his miracle. If some of you could act on the little bit of faith you have what that father did, you could pray a dangerous prayer and receive the impossible. And that's because while Jesus is not impressed with our ifs, if I do this, if I do that, he works with them. He gets it. He gets it's a big deal for us to even express the little faith we may have. That's why he says in Matthew's account, if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, nothing would be impossible. Matthew 17, 20. So back to the story, this dad had enough faith to get up and get out to where Jesus was and he had enough persistence to not give up when the disciples couldn't heal his son and even though he has a little bit of faith he's still persisting and he even asked Jesus to increase his faith he goes man help me overcome my unbelief and this is where we run into trouble 
We'll start to act in faith. We'll start to pray the dangerous prayer. We might even be persistent to a point, but often we can't move past our if. Because usually there's enough doubt present to convince us there's little chance, if really any, this, this prayer is going to get answered. So what we do is we assign conditions. We say, well, you know, if God writes in the sky, I know he heard me. Oh, if God sends this person my way, I know everything's going to work out. Right, but what if God doesn't do any of those things? Then we reason, well, it's not his will, and we quit. Often, we, quit, we quit praying way too early. <laughs> we just talked about that. We quit, we quit way too soon. We forget that what we're asking is nothing to God. I used to think as a kid that my grandparents were loaded. <laughs> what kid didn't, right? So grandpa would get us to pick up like all the pine cones in his yard and we got 50 cents. So this is, this is the 1990s, right? So 50 cents gets you like a lot of stuff back then. So I thought, man, like how much money do these grandparents of mine have? Like what could we possibly ask for that we could get 50 old cents? I thought grandpa was loaded and my perspective was just way too small. If we could stay persistent in our prayers and realize that what we're asking for is just nothing to God, remember He created the universe out of nothing, remember that? That there aren't limits to His power, we can see the impossible happen. We wonder, you know, if God can do something, and He's thinking, man, are you joking? Like, I could crush this. Just get past the if and watch me do it. So Jesus answers every prayer this Father's ever prayed. He does it all with one command come out. And the demon leaves. Now doubt's still not done. I want you to know that, that doubt works over time. So whenever God moves in a powerful way, when he does something supernatural, when the impossible does happen, don't we sometimes experience this nagging feeling that says, well, it wasn't that bad, right? Like the boy wasn't that sick. He was getting a little better here and there, you know? That's what doubt does. Even in our victories, doubt will creep up and slowly begin to convince us God didn't really give us that big win. It's always funny to me how, how larger schools downplay upsets by mid-majors and FCF opponents. Like, we're, like, Radiant Church is located 10 minutes from Clemson, so we get this a lot. If an FBS school gets upset, they say, man, we, we, we weren't good today. You know, we had this guy hurt, and we didn't get that call our way. It's a bunch of excuses to take away what the smaller school accomplished. That's what doubt does in our victories that God gives. It tries to take away from what's been accomplished. So when God answers your dangerous prayer, when the impossible happens, just know it ain't over yet. you got to punch doubt in the face. Now, after all this is over, Jesus and his disciples, they get together privately and, and they ask him, say, hey, wait, well, why couldn't we cast this thing out? In verse number 29, he, he gives a response. He goes, well, this kind can only be cast out by prayer. And some manuscripts will, will add that he said, and fasting. So what, what does that tell me? Well, it tells me dangerous prayers are marked by a lifestyle of prayer and sure, fasting. That dangerous prayers defeat the enemy. They defeat the enemy. So for some of you, it might seem a little odd, right, to think about spiritual war occurring all around us. You know things like demons, the devil. It just seems so irrational and kind of folklore-ish. But the truth is, there's a spiritual reality that exists. And every time we pray, especially a dangerous prayer, spiritual warfare heats up. There isn't a devil under every rock and behind every tree, but demonic forces do exist, and they want nothing more than to take you out. 
So prayer invites God in and invites God to act. And so that every time we pray, we are actually actively engaging in spiritual warfare. Now, we know by this point that prayer is simply communicating with God, but, but what is fasting, really? So fasting is denying yourself, sacrificing. So you're focusing more on the heart of the Father. Fa fasting will draw us closer to God. As we draw near to God, He draws near to us. And if He's drawing near to us, then His power is also drawing near to us too, right? So at Radiant, you know, we're going to start our, our 21 days of prayer on August 2nd. Now before school starts again, before we get back in our routines, before the fall season and holidays, I know that sounds nuts, right? Before all that gets into high gear, we want to make sure that we're ready for all that God wants to do in and through us. So I'm asking you, whether you're watching or listening here in South Carolina or out in California, I'm asking you to commit yourself to pray some dangerous prayers with us in this upcoming season. How about challenge to begin praying dangerously some years ago? And, and, and what I've seen God do since then is just wild. It is incredible. I, I'm convinced that some things would not have happened without those dangerous prayers being prayed. I, I'm 100% confident, right, that planting radiant would not have happened without those dangerous prayers. So I'm still praying, and I, I've got some big prayers. I'm praying not just for my life and family, but for radiant and for you too. So what if you join me, man, in, in praying some dangerous prayers? Like, what if we move past the if and we believe God will get it done? Like, what if we dealt doubt that fatal blow? Dangerous prayers require faith. They're persistent. They defeat the enemy. And I want to challenge you to step up. Step up that prayer game of yours, man. In fact, if you can do it, just, just, just stop what you're doing right now. If you can do it, stop what you're doing right now. Maybe even pull over if you're driving. Find a place to catch a break in your workout. Just start praying with me here as we wrap it up today. Father, I love you. Thank you so much for every person who, who watches and listens to us every single week, who calls Radiant Church home, whether they're here locally or not. Lord, I pray in this upcoming season uh, that there'll be some pretty big, bold, impossible, dangerous, we might say, prayers that we pray. Prayers, God, that, we're, that, that, that we could not accomplish and, and do on our own. They require uh, supernatural work from you. Lord, may we uh, be bold in asking for the impossible. And I, and I pray for every heart, every life that will come into contact this upcoming fall season, Lord. If, for, for those who don't know you, who might be on the fence, not sure where they stand with you, may we have that boldness to share our story, God. Share how you've impacted us and changed our lives and how you can change their lives too. Lord, may we see those folks come to know you, Father. May we see people all around our communities, Lord, who are impacted because we're living as a light in a dark world. Lord, I pray that, that when we begin to uh, give these impossible prayers, these dangerous prayers over to you, Lord, I pray against doubt. I pray against the doubt that would creep in and say, well, this wasn't big enough. It wasn't good enough. It was already you know, getting better anyway. Whatever, that, that, whatever doubt might be saying to our hearts, I pray, Lord, that we don't listen to it. I pray we overcome that because we trust you. We have faith that we trust you that you're going to see those prayers through. Lord, we are believing for the impossible, for the big prayers, the dangerous prayers, the healings, the salvations, people's lives being set free. We are believing for those things here in this upcoming fall season. We love you. We praise you. And we know you not only hear us, God, we know that you will answer us as well. We ask all this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us, 
can do so by emailing us at media at radiantchurchsc.com or visit one of our social accounts on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and give us a five-star rating on the podcast platform that you listen to. We hope you have an amazing rest of your day.